Hey there, Jen here, and this is A Happy Bit. In our last episode, I spoke with my best friend, Kit Rothstein, about, you know, how freaking amazing she is as a best friend and some of the story of how we grew together into that friendship and what she saw as she helped essentially save me and help me to shift out of misery into happiness. And like I said in that interview, really, I wouldn't be here on this podcast if it weren't for having her as my best friend, for having her in my life. Well, I know we all want best friends like that. And I'll admit, Kit has moved away. And while we have a virtual friendship, I too need to cultivate more of those types of deep, heart-centered friendships in my life. So if you crave friendships like that, where you feel supported and heard and understood and where you can connect with other women, then this is the happy bit for you. We are proud to be sponsored today by March of Dimes. March of Dimes is helping prevent birth defects. Their goal is to generate awareness among women of childbearing age, their families, and healthcare providers about things we can do to prevent birth defects. Did you know one in every 33 babies born in the U.S. each year have a birth defect? And these can be a major cause of infant mortality and lifelong disability. Although not all birth defects can be prevented, there are some actions that women can take before and during pregnancy to increase their chances of having a healthy baby. Here are five quick tips from March of Dimes and the CDC to help you be a healthy mom and have a strong baby. Number one, see your healthcare provider for pre-pregnancy checkups. Be sure to discuss all the medications you're taking. Number two, take a prenatal vitamin supplement containing at least 400 micrograms of folic acid every day even before you become pregnant. Folic acid is proven to help prevent many serious birth defects of the brain and spine. Number three, get to a healthy weight before you get pregnant. Number four, make sure you and your family members have up-to-date flu and pertussis vaccinations. And number five, don't smoke, drink alcohol, or use harmful drugs during pregnancy. For more information, visit marchofdimes.org slash vibranthappywomen. I want to share five things I think will help all of us to have deeper heart-centered friendships. The first step is to listen with your heart. We begin this process by turning our bodies toward them face on, and we look at them with good eye contact and imagine even opening your heart area and allowing energy to flow from your heart to theirs and back. This creates a deeply resonant space where they can feel safe to share and to be heard and to be understood. There are also three sub-steps I want to share here, and these are taken from the dialogue process created by Helen LaKelly Hunt and Harville Hendricks, a couple who happen to also be marriage and family therapists, and they are more popularly known as Helen and Harville or Harville and Helen, whichever you want to say first. And they created the dialogue process for married couples or couples in a committed relationship. Well, if you want a deep, long lasting friendship, you can apply the same process. And what are the three sub steps of heart centered listening? First is to mirror them. And I'll explain that in a minute. Second is to validate them. And third is to empathize with them. If we want to deeply connect with other people, the greatest way we can do it is with this mirroring, validating, and empathizing process. How does it look? Well, let's say you want to do this in your friendship. Your friend calls you up and she would start by saying, is now a good time? 
respecting your boundaries. Or if you need to call your friend, you would do the same thing. Is now a good time? Hey, I want to share something, get something off my chest and get your opinion on it. You know, you're going to let them know you're going to share something. It's now good a time. Let's say that it is. Now, if you're on a phone, obviously mirroring would just involve your heart and your hearing. You wouldn't have the eye contact, but you can really try to be present. And if you're in person, of course, turn your body towards them and give them your full attention. If it sounds like something serious, if it's lighter, you can just try to listen more lightheartedly. But the goal is that they feel heard and understood and that you feel what they're feeling. Deep, empathetic resonance. So the conversation is happening. They're sharing something that hurts. Let's say they say, oh, Jen, or oh, Sarah, my husband said this and I felt really, really hurt. And then it blew up into this giant fight. Now, if you are the listener, you want them to feel heard and understood you would engage in what is called mirroring, essentially repeating back to them what you've heard. So he said this and you were totally hurt and she'll nod, probably. And then you can say, oh, I see. What else happened? What happened next? You're giving these little cues like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, I see, go on. Is there more? Getting her to talk. And these little phrases signal to her that, she is in a safe space for talking. You're not trying to tell her what to do. You're seeking only to understand what happened. Then we get to the validation phase, kind of the subset, subset two. We mirrored back what we heard by repeating it. Then the next one is to validate. Oh, I get it. That would hurt. Try to give her a phrase that lets her know that you understand. That makes sense. Even if you don't agree with what she did in the situation or how she feels about the situation, your goal is only to understand and validate her perception of it. Crazy, right? No longer trying to change or, or judge or fix another person, but simply to understand their perception of something. I see. Oh, that makes sense what you said. Yes. Oh, that would be hard. Now, the next step is empathizing. Try to imagine feeling her pain, maybe an energetic exchange of, oh, that's really hard. Now, do these steps seem a little forced? They could be, but maybe they're exactly what you need to start to have a heart-centered listening skill in your friendships. Instead of wanting to talk about what you did or how you had a similar situation or how you're going to help her fix it, First, seek to understand it through the dialogue process created by Helen and Harville. And it has the three sub-steps of mirroring, validating, and empathizing. Beautiful. If only we could all be listened to at this level. There is no greater gift than to give this to the person you want to be a best friend with for life. Or if she's in your life, to deepen that friendship. So step one was listening with your heart, with mirroring, validating, and empathizing. Now, the other steps are quicker and easier, but maybe not as easy, more easily said than done, but we can aim to do it. So step two is to be real. Share how you really feel. Don't ever be fake or put on a certain persona in order to impress. That's one of the biggest foundations of my best friendship with Kit Rothstein. Step three, be more in your feminine. What does that mean? Well, a masculine energy is focused on your to-do list, get it done, do all the things. So being in your feminine 
with your friends means being open, relaxed, ready to engage in that heart-centered listening, ready to be real, creating time and space for that energetic connection. It's more than just talking. It's more than just venting. It's an energetic exchange with someone you love. That's how we need to treat our friendships. So step one, listen with your heart. Step two, be real. Step three, be in your feminine. And step four is to be flexible. If your friend wants to go for a walk and you have this agenda, can you drop it? and put her first? Can you drop it and put her above your to-do list and above all the things you have to do? In the end, it will serve you as much as it will serve her because you'll get to shift back into a feminine energy of openness, fun, connection, peace, relaxation, and to just love another human, which feels so amazing, to engage in some eye contact or to get on the phone and give her an hour of your time. So, to be flexible. When she needs you, when she wants to hang out, drop everything. Prioritize her just like you would your kids or your spouse. That's how we have friends. Step five and the final step is to be committed. You know, a long-lasting friendship is no different than being committed in a marriage. There will be ups and downs. There will be little annoyances. There will be differences of opinion. And beautifully, we can go back to step one to solve those and listen again with our hearts. Mirror, validate, and empathize, seeking to understand their perception rather than to change it or fix it. This is the secret to a long-lasting marriage relationship, just as it is to a long-lasting friendship relationship. So to review, our five steps are listen with your heart, be real, be feminine, be flexible, and be committed the five steps of a long-lasting best friendship, a growth friendship that helps you to be a better person. And that is my happy bit for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back again next week talking with the amazing Jane Gable, who I met at the Vibrant Happy Women Retreat. Until then, make it a fun and friend-filled weekend. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Vibrant Happy Women podcast at www.jenriday.com.